AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The stopgap spending bill has been signed and the farm bill has been officially extended for one year. That opens the door to opportunities for success and failure in early 2024. We'll discuss that. I'm at the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City and USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack was here yesterday with some news on trade missions for 2024. from the final laps of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday free-for-all with our special guest, Tom Sell of Combest Sell. Directly following the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork, I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. Davis Michelson. You hey, know, buddy. here's the deal with Tom Sell. Every yeah. time we have him on for a segment, we always say, doggone it, Tom, we just need to give you more time when you get on here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go, Tom. Wow. Let's have some of those fun discussions that, because you are the panel for mm-hmm. the free for all today. I'm looking forward to the conversation with Tom. How you doing, buddy? Oh, pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 44 We're, degrees and sunny. 44 degrees and sunny. That's that's what it is here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a reason for that. How do you like it? It's lovely, well, isn't it? it? It is beautiful in the, what is it, the City of Fountains? The City of Fountains, yes. Wow, it's mm-hmm. beautiful here. I'm down here at the National Association Farm Broadcasting Convention. It's been a great uh, couple of days. Had some fantastic conversations yesterday mm-hmm. uh, that that we will be bringing you next week. And uh, uh, looking forward to getting some of those conversations on the air for you because there's lots of... Uh, of progress there is progress being made on several issues that have been concerning on the production side for for quite some time and Mm -hmm. uh we're going to be talking about some weed resistance we're going to be talking about data gathering and and how to analyze that data and and uh we we've got a, a a long list of conversations coming your way including with Undersecretary Alexis Taylor about some of the trade issues. Uh, we will get to that early next week uh, and and uh, bring you that perspective from the Undersecretary. So it's been a good couple of days, buddy. And Excellent. Yes, yes. So let's get to it. What you got in the news? Well, Chip, the Senate has approved a House-passed stopgap funding bill to keep the government open and to extend the 2018 Farm Bill through next September. The funding Band-Aid buys time, though American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall stressed at the National Press Club recently, a modernized farm bill is what we yeah. really need now. We just can't keep kicking the can down the road. We've we got to get this done, and we've got to get it done uh, this year or very soon after the first year. Well, Chip, the uh, temporary yeah. spending package maintains government funding at current levels for approximately two more months, while negotiations continue on a longer-term spending package for the current fiscal year, which began October 1st. That establishes two separate deadlines for passing full-year appropriations bill, Jan 19 for some federal agencies, including agriculture, 
and February 2nd for others. Chip? I guess they've decided that the appropriations that funding the federal government is an elephant. And the only way that you can eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Hmm. And so they've broken the appropriations out into two different tiers, and they're going to try to tackle it one at a time. Uh, it, it's an interesting process. Uh, like I said in the open, it creates some opportunities for successes and for hmm. failures in early 2024. I'm looking, we're going to handicap all of that with Tom Sell when we get him on here. Oh, one other thing. One other yeah. thing, Davis. Uh, Big Apple Joe Stackler had a conversation with Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa yesterday. We're going to have some sound bites from Senator Ernst on what uh, what the continuing resolution and the extension of the Farm Bill means. Oh, great. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack released the next steps in his department's efforts to bolster U.S. ag trade, including the agency's yep. plan to trade missions for 2024. Ag exports totaled a record $196 billion in 2022, following a record-setting year in 2021. USDA says it plans to build on recent successes and highlight export opportunities in additional markets through a robust agribusiness trade mission scheduled next year. Yeah, I was there as he made that announcement yesterday at a press conference at the at the uh, NAFB convention in Kansas City. And, and uh, the, the, the trade side of things seems to be clicking. There are some other comments that he made in the press conference that hopefully we will get to that mm, had a lot of people scratching their heads. Well, Chip, oil prices are hinting, at least, at a bear market due to a combination of factors. Despite efforts by OPEC Plus leaders, Saudi Arabia and Russia will stabilize prices. Healthy supplies and increasing stockpiles have outweighed their attempts. Crude oil has experienced four consecutive weeks of declines, marking its longest losing streak since May. Currently this morning, Chip, the January WTI crude oil contract up $2.19. The okay. seventy-five twenty-eight. Perhaps we spoke too soon about the bear marketing crude. Well, they still haven't got back all of yesterday's losses. It was more than three dollars lower yesterday. So, and it's because stocks are building. I keep going back to the mm-hmm. conversation that we recently had with Jordan Fife about record U.S. output, and it, it's it's putting pressure on the market. Well, Chip, Chinese President Xi's first visit to the United States in six years reportedly resulted in positive outcomes, including an agreement with President Biden to better manage tensions between the two countries and to convey China's desire for friendship rather than conflict with the United States. Let's cut it off there and get over to Jen. All right, boy. But that last one is another one that I am really looking forward to get Tom Sell's take yeah, on what's going on there. And yeah. President Biden, Biden is meeting with Mexican President Obrador today. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll find out from Tom what, what is going on in that conversation as well. All right. Thanks, Davis. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, editor, Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. She's there. Are you there? Good morning. There we go. There yes, she I am. Is. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Okay. African swine fever is something that all hog producers across the globe are guarding against. But researchers just figured out something about ASF that could raise the odds of winning the war on ASF. Tell us about it. Well, I like how you put that. I mean, the, the truth is, is that it is a big challenge to come up with, you know, vaccines, and we've been working on it for a long time. But new research from USDA's Agricultural Research Service says 
that they've, they've looked at all the virus strains and they've been able to reclassify them from 25 to only six unique genotypes. And this just means that it's going to be a little bit easier for scientists to develop vaccines that match the different strains that are circulating around in ASF endemic areas, you know, throughout the country, throughout the world. So, mm-hmm. I mean, good news, you know, we're still working on some of those vaccine solutions, but um, <laughs> six is better than 25. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when I saw that number, Jennifer, my initial thought was they're going to get this figured out uh, sooner rather than later. That That's my feeling. Yes. And I mean, I think that's the hard thing about not that I'm an expert in this area, but my perspective is, is, you know, with all these different, you know, strains, just the more yeah. strains they are, the more complicated it is. And I think we've seen it's not the same thing, but we've seen that with PERS. You know, there's mm-hmm. we get one thing down and then we have another strain of it. So, um, yeah, good news for the pork industry and for the for ASF battle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate that. Uh, Jennifer's got some great coverage on this at www.porkbusiness.com. Head on over there to get the latest. We've got kind of a modified free-for-all, but we've got a great guest to fill the time, Tom Sell, Combat Sell, up next here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us on this Friday morning. That means it's time for a free-for-all. Uh, Davis Michelson, you ready to go here, buddy? I'm here. All right. Glad that you are. And we've got Tom Sell from Combest Sell and Associates. How are you, Tom? Hey, Chip. I'm doing great. Good. Glad, this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you're here. Like I said at the open, you know, uh, a lot of times when we have you on, Tom, we, we always say, geez, we got to get you on from a, a longer set. Well, <laughs> this is about as long a set as we can give you, Tom. So let's let's have some fun with it. All right, buddy. Let's have some fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Thanksgiving's in front of us. It's a great time of year. It certainly is. Certainly is. Okay. Uh Let's start with the continuing resolution. President Biden signed it yesterday when he was in San Francisco. Uh, Big Apple Joe had a conversation with Senator Ernst yesterday, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some clips from that. I I think uh, Ernst CR Joe will get us started on this. Now, this is uh, actually good news. We did stop the Democrats from forcing a massive spending bill. So, 
Um, so we're thankful there. So the government will remain open for Iowans and for service members. They will continue to get paid. Uh, the bad news is that, of course, it is a continuing resolution, which means that Congress has failed to do its job on time yet again. Um, I'll continue fighting. Uh, we will have other deadlines popping up in January and February. But when it comes to agriculture, uh, there was a one-year extension of the farm bill uh, in this continuing resolution. So that also is good news because we saw the farm bill expire at the end of uh, September. So this will carry us on for another year. Uh, but we do hope that we'll return in the spring and be able to get the farm bill over the finish line. But this was a good start. Okay. Well, Tom, <laughs> you heard the main takeaway right there. Yeah. Congress once again failed to get the job done. Come on now, Chip. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the the level of dysfunction over the last couple of months with Congress and drama and just all the uh, hand wringing, and obviously they they uh, took down Speaker McCarthy, and and uh, we're actually trending the right way, right? This was done <laughs> with comparatively little drama. Who knows if we if we keep on this trend ship, we might actually have a a high functioning Congress. Uh, within the next couple of months. Yeah. We'll see. You know, it's these are tough things. The appropriations mm -hmm. model in a lot of ways is broken. And and of course, everything is getting shoved in these big kind of packages. So I appreciate Senator Ernst's comments. She's a great leader, articulate and, and good and solid in all ways, particularly for agriculture. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think she said it well. They prevented this kind of massive overspending bill. We have a huge fiscal problem as a nation with $33 trillion in national debt and yearly deficits approaching $2 trillion. That just can't go on forever. So it's it's got a lot of folks' attention. They're trying to rein in some of the the uh, just, just um, incredible growth in spending that we've had as a federal government. And so there's just a lot of angst over that. The fact that we were able to get the farm bill extended and 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 at least get a CR to have a more adult discussion about this over the next couple of months, I think is a good thing. Uh, I, I would have loved to have gotten the farm bill done this year. I guess yeah. we can't say it's a failure, and it and it is. They've had say we have great leadership. Senator Stabenow, yeah. Chairman Thompson, they're sitting high sights. They've created a lot of expectations for getting the farm bill done. It's just a hard gauntlet, and the fact is they really haven't gotten out of the gate. They haven't gotten out of the starting blocks yet. Right, um, and so they needed to do this extension. I think just to provide the certainty yeah. that rural America needs—that's what the farm bill is supposed to be there for—is right. provide a little anchor of stability and certainty. Right, uh, which you're for this business environment where you're competing with foreign governments, you deal with weather and all the uncertainties of agriculture. The whole purpose of the farm bill is to provide a little bit of anchor of stability. So it's good that they they got out of the way. They kind of put the drama aside and give gave themselves a little space to work. Oh, okay. Here's my it, thing, though. It yeah, I mean, if you're going to herd cats, it's best to keep them together, is what I've found. <laughs> uh, could it not be argued we have had a heck of a time getting getting this stuff passed in the past? Does it make it easier or more complicated to right. to divide them all out? I you know I I I understand Tom what you're saying. We don't want these big yeah. you know monoliths coming yeah. through. Yeah. Yet at the same time, are we just setting ourselves up for more and more and more of the same? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Uh, I, I I love it. I, you know, some people are, are just saying this appropriations process as a whole is kind of broken. We've got to find yeah. a way. Mm -hmm. Doing the 12 uh, appropriations bills one by one, they're not going to be able to get there. Heck, the House uh, failed to pass uh, one yesterday. They left early. The Senate 
uh, is nowhere. Uh, they've only passed, I think, uh, five out of the 12 appropriations bills. And they're so far apart still the, between the Senate and the House. It's just like, how do, how do you actually make that process work unless you go into some big end of year kind of brokered package? But there's a lot of people assessing how this whole thing is done. And that's that's not a bad thing. Quite frankly, I, I, I'm a, I used to work for an authorizing committee. I like the authorizing committees where they do the deep policy work. I think we need to, to get back to a, to a better committee structure where, where we just put more responsibility hmm. uh, uh, at, the, at the lower levels, at the committees of Congress to get the job done and bring it together. Okay, that that is an interesting concept, uh, but for what we've we've got in front of us, Tom, when we get to January nineteen, uh, this is <laughs> like you said, there is so much distance between the House and the Senate bills. There's so much more money in the Senate uh, appropriation bills. Yeah. I don't if they can't get together and come up with something that president biden will sign what happens then <laughs> chef haven't we got enough problems for today to not, not, not uh, <laughs> no i'm just kidding um yeah it's it's a it's a real freaking challenge I, I don't know i don't know and speaker johnson of course came out yesterday and said look we are not going to do another um uh, yeah we got to get all this done by January 9th and or 19th and 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 the February. Then this kind of laddered approach. How you get from point A to point B, I don't know. That's where I think some of this thinking around really kind of remaking the appropriations and budgeting process of Congress. At some point, you have to break. And sometimes, unfortunately, in 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 Congress, you know, we have a great durable system, right? Checks and balances and 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 divisions of power. We are all right as a nation. Congress needs to work through this, and they might need kind of a cathartic another cathartic moment or kind of breakdown of the process to actually get to a better way to go forward in the future. Yeah. This, this current appropriations model has kind of been the mode since the 1960s. Yeah. Are, are we due for some kind of change the way this gets done within the constitutional protections that we all know and love? And, and I think there's a strong case to be made for that. Okay. Um, Tom, one thing that I'm a little uncertain on is the ag appropriations. Uh, it, has that been passed and has the farm bill officially been extended? Or if we get to January 19, do we still have to settle the ag appropriations to officially extend that farm bill? Oh, that's a great question. And to be very clear, so the the farm bill extension was passed as part of the CR, and it doesn't run out with the end of the CR. It is extended for okay. So the programs that are in place were in place for 23 will be in place for 2024. And of course the leaders Stabnow and and GT they're they're both busy out there saying don't this does not release the pressure we need to get a farm bill done. Uh but in fact the, there's there's kind of no nothing sunsets until the end of next year at at this point. So it does provide that level of certainty uh, that, that farmers and farm businesses and merchants and, and marketers of ag products that that have some relation to the, you know, the marketing loans or the various things that are out there. There's certainty that those those programs are going to be in place. Okay, good. Good. Yeah, that uh, that was one of those spots where some of us down here at the farm broadcasting convention were thinking, you know, we, we need to make sure that this uh, that this is an official extension. It's opportunity in the spring, and we will when we come back after a break. That's coming up here in just a little bit. We will 
hear from Senator Ernst on what the Farm Bill extension, uh, her perspective on it. But I tell you what, Tom, it seems like the Farm Bill, uh, well, I should say some legislative ideas, some some proposed legislation uh, to go along with that Farm Bill is coming out of the woodwork right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, all kinds of marker bills are, yeah. are thrown out there. That's right. Uh, while there's kind of a dearth of anything from the committees, you know, there's there's a lot of good and positive talk, but but we we've yet to see kind of what typically happens is, you know, the the Senate Act Committee and the House Act Committee will unveil their kind of discussion drafts, and this is kind of the size of the room and what we think we can accomplish. That's kind of the the big thing that that we're all waiting on. And in the absence of that, you see a lot of members, senators, congressmen, and women on the on the on the House side dropping these marker bills um, uh, just to kind of be ready for what I think is going to be a big discussion over the next three or four months. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely will be a big discussion. We had a couple of them on the show earlier this week. Caraveo from Colorado, Feenstra from Iowa. They both got two or three bills that they want attached to that form bill when we get there. I don't know if that complicates it, weighs it down a little bit as we go forward. We'll discuss that next. We got the free-for-all going. Tom Sell, Combest Sell and Associates. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian grady Beach. We started the week off so strong, and here we are at the end of the week, finishing up, giving those gains back. Yeah, absolutely, Chip, and and uh, just a general malaise across the uh, the grain and soy markets. The exception being soy oil, and and it's being helped by crude oil, uh, which is more than two dollars higher here. But uh, corn, uh, soybean, soy meal, and wheat—they're uh, all under pressure, despite weakness in the dollar. So, um, just a you know lack of fresh news here to end up the week, and and sellers uh, are you know coming out, and and uh, we do have some rains forecast for dry areas of central Brazil and northeastern Brazil um, into next week, and, and the temperatures are expected to back off. Now, those areas have been really hot and dry, and so they're going to need more than, than this uh, relief. But yeah. uh, for the moment, uh, that's helping put pressure on both corn and soybeans. Yeah, we should mention the the positive in the soy complex today is we've got some 
mild gains in soybean oil. That looks like it's coming on the back of some sharp gains, $2 plus gains in crude oil futures. All right, take us over to the livestock trade. It looks good in the cattle complex. Yeah, absolutely. I got off to kind of a sluggish start this morning. Uh, a poor close yesterday, but uh, boy, the, the buyer interest has really picked up here at mid-morning, Chip. And, and just some corrective buying as we head into the cattle on feed report yeah. this afternoon. And I went through that yesterday with Greg uh, uh, during the morning show. And, and uh, but, you know, the, the placements number, that's going to be the key one as we uh, get to that data this afternoon after the markets close. And then hog futures, uh, they're mixed uh, and pretty quiet, honestly. Uh, slight downside bias, but uh, all things considered, it, it's uh, pretty quiet ahead of the weekend here. Excellent, Brian. Thank you. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk, what more do you need to know? Welcome back to the free-for-all here on AgriTalk. It's me, it's Davis, and it's Tom Sell from Combest Sell. We've been talking about it and kind of skirting around it just a little bit, but we've got the extension of the Farm Bill uh, through September of 2024. Big Apple Joe Stackler had a conversation with Senator Ernst from Iowa yesterday, and here's what she had to say about that extension of the farm bill? Well, I am encouraged that we got the one-year extension in the continuing resolution that's been agreed to, uh, but it's no substitute for actually passing a five-year farm bill. So we will continue to work on it, but there really has been a lack of urgency and progress on the bill. That, I believe, is a disservice to rural America. It's a disservice to Iowa Um, I would like to see more farm in the farm bill and get this done early next year. The Democrats have really been focused on the food programs. They've been focused on climate change. Um, If you look at just SNAP alone, it's 85% of the bill. Um, So that leaves a very small portion for our farm programs. Um, But I'm continuing to work for our farmers. Um, We know that food, fuel, and labor costs are through the roof, and they really do need our support. So uh, we will continue working hard on this. And again, I do hope that we will have a farm bill done in the spring. All right. Uh, I hope that she is right on getting that farm bill done in the spring. I do want to point this out. 15% of $1.5 trillion dollars. While it's a small portion, it's still a lot of money. We need to keep that in mind. Uh, the other thing, do you, it, Tom, do you yes, think sir. she's right in that the nutrition bill might be the holdup in this? Or is it Title I in the reference prices and a lack of funding? Look, the, the, the farm bill, you know, Title One and crop insurance, the farm safety net, is what carries the water for the entire farm bill. It is the political motivation. And quite frankly, the, the nutrition title, the food stamps and SNAP, uh, they're permanently authorized. They don't have to be re-upped every five years. It's only the farm portion of the farm bill uh, that that kind of requires this this um, every five year or every seven year type of type of farm bill exercise that we go through. And it's 
it is the driver. I mean, it it does carry the water. And I, I love Senator Ernst's words that we need more farm in the farm bill. You know, the farm safety net in total, you, you're looking at about a eight and a half to nine billion dollar base a year baseline on crop insurance. And you're looking at another, you know, five or so billion in Title One these days, way smaller than it has been in the past. And then you have the conservation programs that carry about a six to seven billion dollar baseline with a, yeah. with the additional IRA funds in total. That's about $20 billion. That's the $200 billion out of $1.5 trillion. That is about 15%. It is small by historical standards. We've spent more in nominal dollars, not even inflation adjusted. Historically, we've spent more uh, on farmers than we are today. And that's where you have a lot of members, including Senator Stabenow, including uh, G.T. Thompson, have said, you know, we need to make a critical investment right now in the farm safety net portion of this farm bill we've had you know even after the 18 farm bill was passed we we did you know between president trump and his trade war with china and mfp and cfap and then uh secretary vilsack with with all these new uh kind of programs we've spent a ton of money outside of the farm bill out of ccc expenditures the idea is we need to wrap some of that into the farm bill so that we can provide better more fair more equitable more reliable benefits, farm safety net benefits going forward. Get away from this ad hoc spending that that we've all been doing that, that's always kind of uh, yes. too late, but big and messy and, and creates winners and losers. We need to get away from that and put these programs into a yep. better safety net in the farm bill. Boy, I want to talk more about that creating winners and losers when we talk about the, the ERP coming up here in just a little bit. But, but first... <laughs> I don't know if Secretary Vilsack would agree with Senator Ernst on the holdup on the farm bill, because yesterday he basically said, listen, the holdup on the farm bill is Title I and funding for Title I. And he said they've tried to be creative in finding the money to address the low reference price issue in Title I. And then he basically said, at some point, they'll figure out the money they need for Title I will come from the Commodity Credit Corporation, and then they will get the farm bill done. Is it really that simple? <laughs> if only. If yeah. Only. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Secretary Vilsack's right. Title I is kind of hold up because there's a lot of pressure on these members to, you know, what are we going to do to replace ad hoc disaster? And what are we going to do to replace things like MFP that were stood up in, in live trade war. We want a Title I. We want a farm safety net that meets those needs without having to do this ad hoc. And that's a big question. It's a complicated question. It's a it's a difficult one to answer. As to, as to the funding, I mean, all these programs use CCC. The CCC was set up in the original kind of legislation of, of USDA that kind of built these farm programs. And it's it's like the big bank, right? So whenever we pass a farm bill, any farm bill, we're essentially saying, okay, the secretary can use CCC funds mm-hmm. for these particular in these particular instances. So maybe we say reference price for corn is going to be four bucks, and whenever prices season average prices for corn get below four bucks, we're going to make some payments. That is obligating the CCC. So I, I'm a little confused by by kind of it's. You know, that's exactly what farm bills do is they obligate the CCC for certain uses at certain times. Now, we've been in a season post-Trump where Trump used the CCC. You know, there's basic legislation around the CCC, Section 5 that says, look, the secretary can use CCC uh, to support the agricultural infrastructure of the Americas, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's broad authority. 
but no one had ever used it. They had always kind of followed what Congress had told them more specifically to do right. in the farm bill. Uh, but Trump came in, uh, had the trade war with China and said, well, I'm going to do, I have this basic uh, statute there and authority. We're going to use it like it's never been used before. Uh, and that's, a, and that's been the trend over these past kind of five, six years. So, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of weedy and sorry to, sorry to get so nerdy no, on you. No, but that's, the reality is that's exactly what a farm bill does is it yeah. tells USDA exactly how to and when to utilize CCC funds uh, to support farm families. Right. Right. You know, and some, some, including myself have been critical of how Secretary Vilsack has tapped in to the Commodity Credit Corporation at times. I look at this and, geez, Tom, is it the easy button to tap the CCC for the reference prices? It's, 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 it's not, it it, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Secretary Vilsack could right now using his own authority say, you know, Farming okay. incomes are declining. We hit a high in 2022 at $180 billion in net yep. farm income. We were down to 143. We think it's going lower next year. I feel like I need to support farmers. And I'm going to tap the CCC to yeah. do it. That's okay. easy. Money. He could do that. But he's looking to Congress to say, you know, give us some direction and authority on, on how exactly you want us to do this. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Hey, let's move on because you've got an important item that I know you want to talk about. And before we get to the break, sort out the emergency relief program for the 2022 crops. Uh, what's going on there? Oh my goodness! Well, um, you know we we're we're on uh, we're on six years of precedent of of having disaster. Um, so it's this this trend, modern trend, and and look, we can all say, and I think everyone agrees, crop insurance is doing an amazing job, reaching more people all the time with a very reliable contractual kind of. Uh, tailored risk management tool for farmers. But there are certain areas that don't, you know, crop insurance isn't as strong as others. So that's what started in 2017, this current trend of having ad hoc disaster bills. And it's it's been a lifesaver for a lot of folks. I don't want to minimize it. 17, and then you had 18 and 19 pulled together. They provided $3 billion for two, those two years of losses. And then in 20 and 21, they, they provided $10 billion. Yeah a much bigger, more robust program. And and Secretary Vilsack, they came out with a, a brilliant ERP phase one in for 20 and 20 for 2020 and 2021. It actually did simplify, made it easier, uh, provided meaningful relief to producers. Congress passed this 2022 assistance, December of last year. And here, 11 months later, they finally rolled out a program that is more complex, more complicated creates new pain limitations that weren't called for in statute, but tries to funnel the resources, the limited resources to uh, certain certain people of certain types, kind of went beyond the authority of Congress in doing that. And I think it's really, you know, with the producers that I interact with a lot, it's just falling very flat. A lot of them had, yeah. had made assumptions of what this, this ERP for 2022 would be. And 2022 was a bad drought year in the West. Yep. Of course, even the Western Great Plains were affected by that. And then, of course, you had freeze and flood damage elsewhere. All that was supposed to be covered. But man, the final factor, it's like for losses above 10,000 bucks. And that's, you know, that's for for full time farmers. That's not a lot of money. They move a lot of money through their operations. But on after $10,000 of losses, you only get 7.5 percent. 
right. uh, that according to this, the, the way they rolled out this regs. And so it's just kind of falling flat out there. And it's, yeah. it, it creates winners and losers. It's, there's a lot that I could Steve, say about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your questions. You, you know, Tom, it's, you, you said one of the most important things you said right at the end, it's creating winners and losers. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about this when we come back it, it, from, from break, but I listen. Secretary Vilsack unveiled the trade missions for 2024. Yep. Uh, that was big news at the uh, press conference at NAFB convention yep. yesterday. Yep. But he also sketched out for all the broadcasters there his vision of a new farm economy. And there's a lot of support in there for the for one segment of the farming population while it ignores some of the needs of another segment of the population. We'll discuss. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by Phospholutions, which is excited to launch Rhizozorb, the first fertilizer technology proven across hundreds of field trials to improve grower ROI by 20% and maintain or increase yield with less applied phosphate per acre. Welcome back to AgriTalk and our conversation with Tom Sell today. Uh, been great so far, Tom. I'm looking forward to the rest of this. Uh, it's a free-for-all. We've got Davis with us as well. I'm your host, yep. Chip Flory. Uh, okay. So th- there there was the news that came out of the news conference yesterday. But what, what Secretary Vilsack also presented to the farm broadcasters is his vision. And it's a funded vision. We need to keep this in mind. Uh, the point that he made, the last point that he made on this, Tom, was that it's all paid for. It's all paid for, mm-hmm. um, but it this vision and he, it was a fantastic presentation. Yeah, he starts with the nine empty boxes on a whiteboard, and by the time he's done, he's got all the boxes filled and shows how they all connect and they connect the dots, and it's really fantastic. the The presentation, I think, the problem that some in the room had with the presentation was that he started by picking sides really when you get right down to it, because he says, listen, uh, 13% of farmers out there make $500,000 or or I should say have $500,000 or more in revenue. Yeah. Okay. Per year. And they account for 89% 
of mm-hmm. farm revenue. What he wants to do, Tom, is find a way to move some of the 11% or 13% of farmers in, 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 to give them more of the 89% of the revenue that the 13% are getting. And the plan includes all kinds of microloans and provisions for specialty crop growers and solar farms. And I know you've seen it. What is your take? Well, man, I, I have the greatest admiration for Secretary Vilsack. The yeah. dude is uh, smart. Oh, uh, yeah. Incredibly smart. You know, back in his previous term in the, in the Obama administration, uh, he came out to to Lubbock, Texas, where I'm from, and, you know, very red country, very, very, very Republican. And he got up in front of a, a, a packed house, you know, 300, 400 folks came out into Lubbock, and he just dazzled everyone. And he spoke off the cuff for an yeah. hour, this deep knowledge. And, and I, you know, I'll, I'm going to actually... Uh, uh, quote. I'm, here's a little quote from from that that season of his secretaryship. I, I mean, and I I love it, and I I think he was brilliant in this. He this this was actually a quote before the congressional hearing in '16. He said, "Every one of us that is not a farmer is not a farmer because we have farmers. We delegate the responsibility of feeding our families and to a relatively small percentage of this country. If you look at the 85 percent of what is grown in this country, this is back in '16." It's raised by 200,000 to 300,000 people. That's the 13% that he's talking about now. That's less than one-tenth of 1% of America. He said, but the other 99% of us can be lawyers and doctors and Peace Corps volunteers and economists and people that work for government and all the other occupations because we never think about, well, gee, do I have to actually grow the food for my family? No, I get to go to the grocery store and get it. He's talking about this amazing, miraculous, incredibly dynamic agricultural system that we have that really rests on the shoulders of about those 200,000 family farms around the nation that are producing the lion's share, the vast bulk, mm-hmm. the 90%. And those mm-hmm. are the, those are the farmers that maintain the infrastructure, you know, sort of the, the grain elevator doesn't exist on the 90% of farms who produce 10%. Right. Of goods. It, it rests on those 10% that produce the 90%. Yeah. And I, I think this is where kind of the, the dynamic is shifting. What I loved in his previous term, as he really looked, you know, we have an amazingly diverse agricultural system and we have micro enterprises popping up and yeah, you know, the organic, the 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 fact that the bulk is being take care of taken care of creates niches for other people to yeah. market their stuff at, at at farmers markets and food to t- you know, farm to table type stuff. It's awesome. I think that's better done from the ground up rather than trying to dictate that from the top down by various kind of programs that you can that you can stand up um so i i don't know i just you know it's it's near thanksgiving i always i love to just counter blessings we have an amazingly diverse yeah. uh, agricultural system that provides opportunity for anyone who's willing to go out there and do the work yeah. it is yep. hard work uh every farmer listening to this knows that i mean this yep. is not easy it's not for the faint of heart you're dealing with a lot of uncertainty in the world of agriculture but there is still opportunity for anyone who's willing to go out there and do it and uh, I think that just happens best kind of bubbling up with creativity from the ground up as opposed to trying to dictate that right. and manage it from the top down. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tom, we've only got about a minute and a half left here. I want to get your take on the uh, President Biden meeting with Chinese President Xi. What was your takeaway? Man, big 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'd be like, particularly in software. I mean, China is, you know, it's the second largest economy. It's, it's, it's massive. So many people, they have a, a great set of challenges there. Um, and obviously U.S. businesses want to cultivate that relationship because it's such a big market, agriculture included, right? A huge export market for, for, for U.S. agriculture in so many ways. And, and we want them to be more transparent. We want them to be more open. You know, 20 years ago, that was the great hope of like when we allowed China to, to, to attain most favored nation status and come into the WTO. It was the desire was to kind of put them on a level playing field in terms of transparency and rules and allowing business to take place. It has evolved over that time where it, and certainly President Xi is just, you know, I think, consolidated more power to where you kind of have to go through the state and, and the government. And that's, it's, it's a frustration. It's a challenge, but man, um, uh, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought President Biden handled it pretty well in terms okay. of some, some strong talk. Uh, but, yeah. But it's, you know, whether you're President Trump or President Biden and you, it's very different approaches. Uh, what we all got to realize is it's a very complex challenge. Yeah, there's no simple solution. Exactly. Exactly. Tom, your insights, your perspectives. Great stuff today, man. Thank you so much. I'm glad that we had this much time together. It's great to be with you, Chip. Really appreciate what you guys do. And thanks to all the farmers out there. Uh, we count our blessings every day for you guys. Amen to that. Amen. Thank you so much. That is Tom Sell, Tom Best Sell and Associates. Davis, I'm wrapping up here down at uh, Kansas City in the National right. Association Farm Broadcasting Convention. Can you do the afternoon show? You got I'll Dan take the Huber. wheel. I'll I'll take the wheel. Actually, Fantastic. I think it's Ben Brown, isn't it? Oh, it is Ben Brown. I think it is. I'm going to go with Ben. It is. Come back to a success game. <laughs>